Welcome to season eight of the Dying to Ask podcast. We are back after a healthy and quite frankly, much needed break. Because it's funny, in TV news, you don't really ever take a break when you're making big changes in the product because news never stops. How many times have you heard that in a TV news promo? News never stops. We're always there. I think I've said that like 17 million times over the years. But podcasts can, and they sometimes need to, because you got to figure out what makes sense to be of service to your community. So as we started heading into the end of summer, um, and a lot of people were starting to leave their living rooms and go back to the office, kids were going back to in-person schools, sports were going on again, concerts, races, festivals, big bike rides. I have a huge race that I signed up for that's still on track for the end of October which I'll tell you about a little later, I started thinking, you know, it's kind of like somebody has taken their finger off a pause and then hit play back again on life. Now, if you are old enough to remember CDs, it kind of feels like the CD is scratched, however. And of course, it's usually over like your favorite part of the song. So we're going back to life in air quotes, but I hear a lot of people saying that they just don't feel like themselves. And I'll throw myself in that boat. They feel overwhelmed, they feel anxious, they feel like it's really tough to make plans, it's hard to make goals, because it kind of feels like life is this constant risk assessment. If I do this, then that might happen. If I don't do this, then that might happen. It's this low-level sense of anxiety that is just grinding. And you're supposed to be, you know, going back to school, going back to work, doing all the things, but it's just there. And I feel like I hear so many people talking about this right now. And I think it's made worse by the fact that we all had this assumption back in June when the world started opening up and vaccines were readily available for people who were 12 and up, like we're in the clear, time to start living again. But we're not there. In fact, in some ways, certain things are worse. And it was a little depressing toward the end of summer to realize that we were going back, but we didn't have everything fixed the way we thought we were going to. So I actually took a week off when my kids went back to school to kind of handle the family's transition to being back in school full time. Because the one thing I have learned over the last 18 months, the hard way I might add, is that even the most normal things can throw very unexpected obstacles your way. So I took this week to just focus and to be available and to deal and to like let my brain quiet so that our family could make that adjustment. It was one of the smartest things I've ever done. I was very appreciative to have the time off. Now, my I have two sons. My elder son has a principal who is awesome, like such an awesome guy. And I noticed that week that I was getting to actually drop him off at school, because that's not something I can normally do at the hours that I work, that this principal was meeting the kids at the freshman, sophomore drop-off every single morning. Um, And he was getting eyeballs on them, and he was watching them come in, and he was getting to know them, and he was looking them in the face, even though they, you know, had their masks and stuff on. So I had a a chance to have some, some quick conversations with him, which I appreciated um, and really enjoyed. And he said something that really hit me and changed my outlook. It made me realize how weird this time really is and um, that I'm not alone in feeling like you're in this odd transition. So two things came up. The first thing is he talked about the detangling that has to happen with kids, particularly teenagers, after a year and a half of spending insane amounts of time on screens in their bedrooms. Detangling. Love that word. And in some ways, that might be teaching kids how to interact with others again, how to collaborate, how to socialize, how to laugh. Sounds weird. But you kind of have to teach kids some of this stuff again. 
and all of that, of course, is while you know we're being masked and still doing social distancing and all the all the smart COVID things. And those things, by the way, I think apply to people going back into offices as well. I we have a lot more people, you know, back at the TV station these days. And I'll tell you, it's awkward when people come back. You can see it in their faces. They 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 feel weird because they haven't been there, and that's totally normal. And you just gotta you gotta take your time, figure it out, and. Um, just how it is, right? It's just how it is. So the second thing that came up with this principle was a conversation and it, it changed how I look at where we all are right now. He told me about this speech that he was working on that he was gonna be giving the kids and I'm paraphrasing, but the gist of it was that he had noticed that a lot of them and us have been waiting for things to go back to normal. Or we've been obsessing over a time in the future when all of this will be a memory. And so in his speech, he was encouraging the kids to be in the present, to accept the present, and make the most of the present. So be in the present. Live your now. And I think that's kind of where I am right now, trying to be more in the present because, honestly, I feel like I got robbed of a lot of experiences and milestones since COVID became a word that I say like 275 times in five hours of news in a morning. That's actually not an exaggeration because I counted one day. My partner Teo thought I was just nuts when I told him at the end of a five-hour news block that I had tallied the word COVID or a, a, a variation of COVID. So I used like COVID, coronavirus, ICU, pandemic, and deaths. So I took the five words and I literally counted how many times they came up in our newscast. Now we're in a pandemic, so obviously they're going to be in there a lot, but I came up with an average of 275 times a day that Teo and I were saying the words. And we sat back together. We were both like gobsmacked over it. And we're like, huh, that might be why we feel how we do. So acknowledging, yeah, it's been hard. This has been a really hard go. So rather than waiting to a day where you're not saying it 275 times, what if we focused on being in the present a little bit more? So this season of the podcast is going to focus on what I'm calling, at least for myself, the restart. How do you get back to life despite the continued weirdness that we're all living with? What are the techniques where we maybe you can lose a little of the edge and the anxiety, you can lessen that overwhelm, maybe find some true joy as hopefully we move past the pandemic. My pandemic pod included my dear friend and colleague Edie Lambert, who's been on this show before. Edie and I text every day, sometimes all day, <laughs> when I was brainstorming the, this concept with her. Um, Edie, Edie did Edie. She went down a rabbit hole, she researched, and then she sent me this incredible article that was written by a Bay Area therapist named Lindsay Anton, and it was republished by the Greater Good Science Center out of UC Berkeley. So the title of the article is Stumbling into the Next Stage of Your Pandemic Life. A psychologist explores the psychology of coming back from the pandemic pause. Did you hear that? The pause. So this is what I was saying earlier. It's like you hit the pause, and then you hit play, and then you hear the scratch on a CD. So I'm, I'm hoping we can get Laura Anton on the show at some point, but I'll sum up her article for you by reading the first paragraph. This is hard, what we are trying to do. The pandemic continues to rage, but adults live in a post-vaccination world. Kids are returning to school, their parents are returning to work. We're all socializing more, we should be happier, right? But in the offices of the group psychotherapy practice I founded, people of all ages aren't sure what chapter we're in or how to feel about it, 
How do we make this kind of comeback? So the good news is you're not alone. I'm not alone. The bad news is you're not alone. A lot of people feel like that. So that's going to be our focus for season eight. In the first few episodes, you're going to hear from Simone Biles about what it's been like to become basically the face of mental health. You'll hear from Erin Azar, aka Mrs. Space Cadet, if you're on TikTok. (laughs) She is huge on TikTok. And she actually went viral during the pandemic while she was doing something very simple to try to make herself feel better. And you're going to find out how she took the opportunity and literally changed her life with it. And then you'll hear from Mike Riley, the voice of Ironman. It is a 140.6 mile race done in 17 hours, considered to be the biggest day of suffering that a person can voluntarily put themselves through. And that race that I mentioned earlier, that's the one I signed up for. I mean, go big or go home, right? And Mike is going to tell you why I'm not alone in wanting to face something really, really hard after the last 18 months. So next up, I had to write the season trailer. So the season trailer is basically like the mini synopsis of basically what I've been rambling about for, oh, the last nine minutes or so. Took me a week to write it. And I want to thank my former executive producer of 19 years, Gretchen Littlejohn, for helping me edit. She's still my go-to when I'm writing something and I just can't figure out if I've got the right words or not. So after uh, more than a week of, of tinkering, let me play for you the trailer here. Here's what I came up with. This is what season eight's all about. I'm Deirdre Fitzpatrick, and I've been anchoring morning news for more than 20 years. I thought I had seen and covered it all. Then came coronavirus, a pandemic, anchoring in my living room, homeschooling my kids, and all the things that come with COVID, including a vaccine. It was supposed to get us all back on track of living our best Instagrammable lives best lives-ish, the reality is we're still untangling what life looks like in a world post-pandemic. A lot of people describe a sense of never-ending overwhelm and anxiety. Is that just what life is like now? Or are there ways we can get back to living in the now? And this season of the Dying Desk Podcast is asking how we can hit the restart and start living again. It took a while. <laughs> That's season eight of the Dying to Ask podcast. So since we have been off for a while, um, I'm wondering if I can ask you, you know, usual ask, could you help me get the show back up in the algorithm by leaving a rating, a review, or maybe texting an episode link to your friends, sharing it on social? I would totally appreciate it. And you can also reach out with guest suggestions, of course, or episode ideas on Instagram. You can find me on Run, Read, Sip. Thank you so much for listening. I'm excited to be back doing the podcast. I've done a couple of episodes um, recording with some of the guests that I already mentioned. And I have to tell you, it's like best part of my day. It is having, it's such a privilege to be able to reach out to ask somebody if they're willing to come on and just have a conversation. And I don't take any of it for granted. It is a privilege. It is fun. And it is the thing that for me kind of fills my heart for the professional and the personal side and brings the two together. And it helps me make a lot of choices about my life. No doubt about it. As I've told you before, this podcast is basically an exploration of myself. (laughs) I look for people to help with things that I'm curious about or that I'm struggling with, or I hear my community talking about and to try to find some answers and some inspiration. And uh, I think you're going to really enjoy the guests that we have lined up for you this season. So thanks for listening. And thank you to Brian Lau, editor extraordinaire, for, for being in there and for keeping this show going and always trying to make it better on the editing side. I do appreciate you, friend, and you're a great partner in all of this. Thanks for listening to the Dying Test Podcast, and we'll see you again next week.